Great song. Incredible lyrics. Hey, let's just pray. Father God, I thank you, Lord, that Lord, this evening is not about music. This evening is not about words, Lord. This evening is not about people, Father God, but this evening is about you, Jesus. And Lord, the fact that you did what you needed to do to make sure that you restored relationship between you and us. And Father God, this evening, I pray that as we just look into your word, Lord, that Lord, that you speak to our hearts, Father. Lord, that I disappear and fade into the background, Lord, and that this evening you take center stage, Lord, and that you communicate into our hearts, Lord, and that you speak your truth, your life, Lord, your peace, your joy, Lord, that you speak these things into our lives, Lord. Lord, that you bring healing to brokenness, Lord. Lord, that you come and do what only you can do. So, Father God, this service is yours. And Lord, I pray that you will come and change our hearts this evening. And we pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So, it's Christmas Eve, but we're also ending off a series this evening as we've been dealing with unwrapping Christmas. So, if you've missed any of it, please feel free, get onto our podcast on any of your favorite podcast app. We should be there, Bikers Church Midrand. Go and check it out. Um, I believe there's been some great ministry over the last couple of weeks. It's been really cool that it hasn't just been me. Uh, but then we've got other folks up here that have spoken the, um, those truths into our lives over the past couple of weeks. Uh, might not be much to you, but it's really cool for me to sit there and just take in a bit. Um, it's really been absolutely great. So, unwrapping Christmas as we end off the series. The truth is, growing up as a, as a little boy, I was always looking for something over Christmas. Uh, I'm sure that you were and possibly still are someone who's looking for something over Christmas time. For me, it, it, it pretty much came down to, I wasn't a complicated kid. If it had wheels, I was happy. You know, skateboard, bicycle, later on motorcycle. Uh, as long as it had wheels, I was happy. And if it didn't have wheels, it had to explode. Um, wheels or explosions. Not at the same time, but separately they were great. Uh, and granted, when I say what I've said, you can go, yeah, but you missed the point of Christmas. I was a kid. Of course I missed the point of Christmas. But the truth be told that I thought that Christmas was about me receiving gifts. That's what I thought Christmas was all about. And if we're honest, if we look at the world around us today, that's still kind of the common trend. What's Christmas all about? It's, it's about us receiving stuff. So I wonder this evening, as we 
talk about Christmas. What are you looking for when it comes to Christmas? What are you looking for when it comes to Christmas? Because the truth be told, whatever we're looking for, we'll find it. If we're looking for all the negativity around Christmas, guess what? You're going to find it. Isn't that the truth? Just switch on the news or social media. You'll find it. It's there. If you're looking for the decorations and the gifts and all that stuff, you'll find it. If you feel like you can't escape the the absolute loneliness that this season brings because you're estranged from family or, or distanced from from family or, or, you, or your family's just not around anymore. When that becomes our focus, then that will become our Christmas. But I'm hoping that this Christmas, that you and, and me alike, that what we'll really be looking for is, is what those first people were looking for at the very first Christmas, even before they called it Christmas. And that was a newborn king. That was Jesus. And I pray that Jesus will be our ultimate focus this Christmas. So over the past few weeks, we spoke around the lives of, of certain people that, that are captured in the, in, in the historical, uh, what would the word be, event surrounding Christmas. The very first um, the, the, the documentation of, of, of Christmas. Um, we spoke through Joseph and Mary. We spoke through the shepherds and the wise men. We spoke through uh, Herod very briefly. But we just, we just walked a little more in depth into their stories and how they connected to the Christmas story and what we could take out of their lives during the season. So this evening, I'd like to just very quickly touch on on a couple of those stories and and really just try and land this series this this evening the first person that we spoke about was joseph who remembers that one joseph and uh it wasn't the 12 brothers technicolor dream coat joseph it was the father of jesus joseph and as we looked at joseph's life we we realized that joseph was a good man he was a god-fearing man uh, the Bible says that he was a righteous man, which the Bible doesn't say that about a lot of people. Uh, we know that he was uh, lined up to marry Mary. And uh, Mary was also an incredible girl. It says that she had found favor with God. But I wonder if we had to go to Joseph during that time and say to Joseph, Joseph, what were you looking for when it came to Christmas? What were you looking for? When it came to Christmas, I wonder what his answer would be. And if I if I look at the life story of Joseph, especially where we first connect with him in the story surrounding Christmas, I think that Joseph would say that he was really just looking to be a good man, that he was really just looking to be a a good God fearing man, that he was just looking to to. He was really just looking to be faithful in the little things. I think that's how we reach the point where, where the Bible refers to us as a righteous man. But as Joseph was faithful in the little things, 
God recognized that and, and God entrusted him with something so much bigger. And I don't think he could have ever imagined that he would have been entrusted with something as great as fathering the Son of God. And we see that God steps into Joseph's story and, and, and he really, he asks Joseph to look deeper, to look beyond the surface. That he asks Joseph to connect with, with his plan, with God's plan and become something out of the ordinary, to become something absolutely extraordinary. And he asks him, to become part of the story of the new born king. I wonder when it comes to your life and when it comes to my life, do we so often look at our lives and just, just kind of get comfortable with the day in and the day out? We just, we just get comfortable with the norm. We just get comfortable with the way that things are going. We kind of look at our lives and we go, you know what, if I can just, if I can just be a good man, if I can just be a good woman, I'm happy, you know, I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm happy to settle for that. And I don't believe that we serve a God who ever desires for us to just settle. Amen. I believe that, that we serve a God who, who looks at our lives and, and, says, and says, be faithful. Be faithful with what I've given you. But as you are faithful, you've got to understand, I'm, I'm not just going to leave you at, at, at this place where you're comfortable. I'm going to invite you into my story and I, I'm going to invite you into something far greater than you can ever imagine. The second group of people that we, that we looked at was the shepherds. Now the truth is the shepherds almost missed Christmas, didn't they? They almost missed the birth of Christ. Why? Because if we're honest, you know, they were just herding sheep and let's, let's get real for a minute. Didn't they see the exact same star that the wise men saw? They would have. They have the same sky. Isn't that the truth? Don't look at me like I'm on weed. When you look up and people in Cape Town look up, don't we see the same stars? Fact. They saw the exact same star and missed it completely. Completely. And they almost missed Christmas because, if we're honest, they weren't used to being in the presence of angels. <laughs> and the Bible tells us that they were scared to death. The, the exact words were they were terrified. But we even just sang it just now. What did it say? Shepherds quake at the sight. They were like the original Quakers. But they were scared to death, and, and, and their fear almost stopped them, prohibited them from experiencing the greatest historical event ever. So I wonder, the shepherds, what, what were they looking for on Christmas? I reckon if you got to them in that field, and you spoke to them, and you asked them, right here, right now, angel, heavenly hosts, what are you looking for? When it comes to, to Christmas, they probably say, I'm just looking to survive. I'm just looking to make it through tonight. In fact, I'm looking to make it through these guys being here. That's what I'm looking to make it through. 
But if we're honest, yeah, they missed the star. Why? Why did they miss the star? Why did they miss the signs? Because they were busy looking down. They were looking at sheep. And in order for for God to get their attention, and in order for God to, to, to get them to move from just looking at sheep, he, he sent an angel and he sent heavenly hosts. Who knows what that looks like? And he sends this angel to speak to them and to, and to say, hey, I bring you good news. Tonight, the Savior of the world is born. And then heavenly hosts come and serenade them in the field right there. And God had to send an angel and heavenly hosts to get them to move from looking at sheep, to lift their eyes, to look up, to look to heaven, and to connect to God's plan. I wonder, you and me, how often don't we get hung up on what's in front of us? How often don't we get hung up on our circumstances? How often don't we get, get hung up on, 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 on the things that, 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 that tend to uh, monopolize our attention day in and day out? And as a result, we just, we just miss out on God completely. Everyone else around us is getting the same information, you know, same star. But day in and day out, we're just looking at the sheep of our lives. And we completely miss out on God. Why? Because we, we, we don't take those moments to just stop and look up and connect with His heart for our lives. The next guy that we looked at was, very briefly, we just touched on him, was Herod. Uh, Herod's an interesting character. Um, he wasn't the nicest guy you'll ever meet. Um, and Herod was, as Nat mentioned so beautifully yes, uh, last week, Herod was 10 k's away from the birth of Jesus, and he missed it. 10 kilometers. 10 kilometers, and he missed it completely. Why? You see, Herod missed the birth of the Savior of the world because Herod was busy protecting his own kingdom. He was protecting his own kingdom. He was a wild cat, this dude. He, he had plenty of sons. Apparently, he had quite a few sons. And um, every once in a while, Herod would retire. Fact. If you go look in history, history tells us every once in a while, Herod would just retire. He'd be like, I'm done being king. He'd appoint his oldest son. He'd put him in as king. And he'd say, there we go. This is your new king. Now you rule. You take care of the people. But then whenever the boy would do something that Herod didn't agree with, or the moment that, that, that things would happen where Herod would feel threatened and he'd think, this guy's going to take me out, what would Herod do? Herod would step in and he'd remove his own son from power and kill him, execute him. And he didn't do this once. He did this several times. Imagine family dinners. That would get awkward. I reckon it reached a point where, where like the next boy would just in private go to his dad and go, you know, dad, if I'm really honest, I never wanted to be king. I'm just being straight. I just, I never wanted to be king. 
But you know, Jasper, he stole my horse last week. He used it without asking. And he just, he can't stop talking about being king. Just saying. Just throwing that out there. Use it, don't use it. But it's a fact. Herod would do whatever he needed to do to protect his kingdom. And here he gets word of of a newborn king. And what does he do? He does whatever he needs to to protect his kingdom. He goes out and he, he, he has all boys killed two years and younger. Why? Because he needs to protect his kingdom. Herod saw a threat. And that threat had a name. And that name was Jesus. And as I, I, I talk through the story of Herod, if I'm honest, I unfortunately see my own life in that far too often. And I believe if you were honest, you would be able to see your own life in the life of Herod far too often. Where far too often we live in a way where we, we, we don't want to recognize a new king of this life. And, and, and if we're honest, we do whatever we need to to protect our own kingdom. Instead of recognizing the King of kings and the Lord of lords and laying down our lives and surrendering our lives wholeheartedly and completely to His rule and His reign. And before I depress too many people, Let's move on to the fourth group of people who were the wise men. And that spent a lot of time last week on the wise men. Now, as I say the wise men, if you go and read the word, it says the wise men from the east. And whenever I read that phrase, that's when I, when I recognize how we become flippant with the word of God. How we just read it like a fairy tale. You know, we just read it like a story and we don't really grasp the gravity of, of the meaning and, and, and the power behind the story and, and the fact that these things really happened and, and that this really took place. Because when we talk about the wise men, we don't even talk about the wise men from the east. In fact, we say the three wise men. As Nats mentioned last week, the only reason why we believe there were three is because they bought three gifts. So we figured one guy per gift. That's about it. I mean, we know there were three little pigs. So surely three wise men makes sense, you know. And we blow over this word from the east. You know, in our minds, we consider these guys rolling into Bethlehem on horses, these, these three white men rolling into Bethlehem, getting to the center of the square. And I've said this before, so for those of you who've heard it, Thank you for indulging me. For those of you who are new, thank you for being here. Um, but essentially, as, as they roll into the square, these three white men, they, they, they kind of just uh, announce, you know, Hear ye, hear ye, wherefore art the newborn king that hath been born on this day? Why? Because our movies and our children's Bibles and, and stuff, they kind of depict them as that. But they were... Wise men from the east. 
So chances are far better that when they arrived, they said, excuse me, sir, but could you please tell me where the newborn king is born? <laughs> far greater chance. Far greater chance. And chances are they weren't on horses because they had to travel over a thousand kilometers. You'd be hard pressed to do that on a superbike. I know some of you do. But they'd need adventure bikes, so they wouldn't have come on horses. They would have come on camels. Fact. But, and I know it's humorous, but, but I hope that the gravity of what I'm saying is landing. Because we just read these things to kind of get through these things. And we don't stop and really pay attention to the detail of what we're reading. Why? Because, because this wasn't just the three little pigs. This wasn't Snow White. This wasn't just a fairy tale. This is an actual event that happened. And I believe that, that if we read it that way, it impacts our lives in such a greater way. I went to all sorts of places that I wasn't preparing to go into, but I think it was good. Um, the wise men. So these wise men come and and, and if we had to ask them, what were you looking for at Christmas? I believe they would have been the, the few who would have said we, we were looking for a newborn king. We were. We saw the star. and We recognized the new star means a new king. So we came and we, we actually pursued a newborn king. But if we're honest, back then, children weren't born in hospitals. They were born at home. Isn't that so? But kings weren't born in houses. Kings were born in palaces. And I wonder, they, they followed the star and they expected to find a palace. And I believe that's pretty much why they first wound up at Herod. Because they followed the star and found a palace. And Jesus wasn't there and they moved on. And they found Jesus in a house. A normal Everyday, ordinary house, not a palace. And folks, I wonder what happens when you follow a star and you don't find a palace, but you just, you find a house. You find an ordinary, everyday house. I want to say this, fortunately, these were wise men. And wise men know that you can find God in the ordinary. You can find God in the ordinary, everyday moments of life and still experience His greatness. And when they found Jesus, it says that they fell to their knees and they worshipped Him. It says that they bowed down and worshipped Him they opened their treasure chests and they gave him gifts. I wonder, you and, you and me. So often we, we live our lives and we say, hey, I'm a believer, I'm a Christian, I, I'm a follower of Jesus. But again, for the most part, we just kind of we just kind of make it through life. We just kind of mull on and and mull through the the everyday happenings of life, 
And very seldom do we stop and recognize Him in the ordinary. Very seldom do we stop and recognize Him in just the regular mundane moments of life. Yesterday we were, we were here setting up for, for today and, and uh, we had one heck of a storm come through. Like the most insane storm. And it was on us like this. We literally could see it coming. And the thunder and the lightning was going nuts and the rain was hammering away. And it wasn't quite an ordinary rainstorm, but it was a rainstorm. And I didn't do this yesterday because he wasn't with me in the moment. But normally when that happens, I grab my boy and I take him to the window. I point outside. I mean, thunder and lightning and normally kids are freaking out and hiding under the beds with the dogs and stuff like that. But in those moments, I pick my boy up and I take him to the window and I just say these words to him because that's what my granddad always used to say. I take him to the window and I just say, my boy, look at the power of God. Look at the power of God. Who can compete with that? Look at the power of God. Ordinary, everyday moment. But look at the power of God. When that rainstorm ended, the sun came through here, the most beautiful sunset. And again, to just, to just recognize the glory and the goodness of God. Playing with my boy this morning before, before this afternoon. Just the way he smiles at me sometimes. I'm like, man, I know whose kid you are. You're God's kid. Look at you. Just that. There's just something in his little face that I'm just like, that's so godly. Sometimes he behaves and I'm like, come eight. But there are moments where I just look at him and I'm just like, man, God, you're just incredible that you created this. See, the wise men sought God. And I want to say this, to this day, wise men seek God. fifth person we haven't really gone all that in depth but Jesus Jesus I wonder what was Jesus looking for through Christmas have you ever wondered that someone once wrote this I don't know who um, someone once said if our greatest need was information God would have sent an educator if our greatest need was technology, God would have sent us a scientist. If our greatest need was money, God would have sent us an economist. And if our greatest need was pleasure, God would have sent us an entertainer. But our greatest need was forgiveness. So God sent us a savior. You see, he said that to Joseph when he, when he was talking about Mary in Matthew chapter 1 and verse 21, where he said, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sin. So what was Jesus looking for through Christmas? I believe if we had to ask Jesus that question, 
you would have looked at us and just quoted the words of the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah 53 and verse 5, where he said, but he was pierced for our rebellion. He was crushed for our sin. He was beaten so we could be whole. And he was whipped so we could be healed. So what was Jesus looking for? Jesus was looking for you. Jesus was looking for you. Jesus was looking for me. That's what Jesus was looking for through Christmas. I believe he'd, he'd look at us and he'd say, you know, I, I don't mind. I don't mind. I don't mind the fact that, that I, I restricted myself to nine months in the womb of my own creation. I don't mind. I, I, I don't mind the fact that, that, that I, I, I had to go through a birthing process. I don't mind that I had to go through breastfeeding and, and, and potty training. And I don't mind. I don't mind that I had to go through adolescence. I, I don't mind that I had to, to look at the people who who I love, who I care for, who I've done all of this for. I don't care. I don't mind that, 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 that I looked at them as they beat me and spat on me and, and pulled out my beard and, 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 and whooped me beyond recognition. And that they, they took what today we hold up as a, a beautiful Christmas tree uh, stripped it down of all its beauty and its decorations and, and, and all that stuff and, and stripped it down to its barest form, got rid of its branches and its leaves and everything and, and, and put a crossbar on it and nailed it together and, and roped it up and then laid me on it and nailed my hands and my feet to it and hung me up for the entire world to see. I don't mind that I went to the cross for them. I don't mind. And the reason why I don't mind is because I realized that the only way for me to get to you was through the cross. And that through the virgin birth. And folks, that is what we celebrate today. That is what we celebrate today. We celebrate the fact that God our Father loved us so much that He sent His one and His only Son, that whoever, whosoever believes in Him should not die, but should have everlasting life. And she had a son, and they named Him Jesus, and He saved his people from their sin. And this afternoon, that is worth celebrating. Amen. As we consider this, you're welcome to just Bow your head, forget about the people around you. 
as we consider this moment, as we consider this thought. That so often we, we look at, at these moments and, and we, we, we find all sorts of other stuff in the chaos and, and in the mess of life. But for us to just this afternoon, to just stop for a moment and right there in your seat, to just stop and, and think about that picture that was just painted with regards to the fact that what was on the heart and the mind of God and on the heart and the mind of Jesus through Christmas, through the birth of Christ, was to find relationship with you. That God didn't come up with some half-baked plan to try and show you how much he loves you. That, that he, didn't, he didn't just show up with, with three-day-old roses and, and, and try, and, try and, and pull a move. But that in order to show you how much you mean to him, he went to the most extreme lengths to show you that what was on his mind when it came to Christmas, was you. That what was going through him in those moments was recognizing that it would take the cross of Christ to build that bridge so that there could be relationship. And he said, I'm willing to do it turns to his son and he says, I need to send you to earth. No one else can do. There is no sacrifice good enough to be the ultimate sacrifice to restore relationship between God and man. Only you will do. And without batting an eyelid, Jesus says, Amen. Amen. And to not put us on a guilt trip, but just to, to stop for a moment and, and just recognize the, the ludicrous nature of the things that we put before God day in and day out. And right there in your seat, to just have your own moment with God right now. Just go, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me for, for where I put you on my priority list. Lord, forgive me for, for the things that I'm looking for and end up looking right past you. Lord, forgive me for not making you central in my life, not just at Christmas, but day in and day out. Lord, Forgive me. And right now, maybe you're not there. Maybe you are. If you are, then right there in your seat. You may just want to say, say to God and, and just let Him know, Lord, 
today, I, I recognize the gravity of what happened. I recognize the gravity of what started on that day, Lord. Whatever day of the year it happened, it doesn't matter. I recognize the gravity of what happened on that day. The process that you started, that it was a means to an end, and that that end is relationship with you. And Lord, today, from today onwards, Lord, Lord, I desire, I desire to put you first in my life. Lord, I desire to seek you in my life, Lord. Lord, I desire to not, to not have you down on the priority list at number 8 or number 43 or, or wherever, Lord. But Lord, today, I choose, I choose to make you number one, to make you not just Savior of my life, but to make you Lord of my life, to put you first. Lord, today, I choose you. Today, I choose to repeat or, or, or to, to, to adhere, I, I choose to buy in to the words of the prophet Jeremiah where he said, if you seek the Lord with all your heart, you'll find him if you search for him with all your heart. Lord, today I choose to be the wise man. Lord, today I choose to be the wise woman. And I choose to seek you first. And Lord, as you've heard prayers resound throughout this auditorium, Lord, as folks have just done business with you in their chairs, Lord, Lord, I thank you that, that today a, a prayer doesn't seal the deal, Lord, but today it started a process in people's lives, Lord. Lord, where we get to choose you day in and day out. It's not a once-off choice. It's like the way that Jesus said it, where he said, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself. Take up his cross daily and follow me. So Lord, as folks have, have, have decided today to initiate that process, Lord, Lord, I thank you that just as you walked this planet to the point where where you stood back in the presence of God our Father Lord I thank you that so we choose to walk in your footsteps day in and day out until the day comes where we stand face to face with our heavenly Father and where he looks at us and he can say the words well done my good and faithful servant So, Lord, these lives are yours. We give them to you wholeheartedly. And if you agree, will you say amen? Amen. Amen. Folks, if something was said this, this afternoon that, that really penetrated your heart, that really spoke to an area of your life, and you just need to chat to someone about it, I want to encourage